he cried out with a loud voice, saying, Leave us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet. Come out of him. And the devil had thrown him in their midst, came out of him, did not hurt him. Then they were all amazed. Spoke among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come. The report about him went out into every place and surrounding me. O Lord, have mercy on us. And thanks be to God. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may walk in your Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. The only way to defeat the devil is with the Word of God. Those who don't believe in the devil don't believe in the Word of God. You will remember that the devil immediately attacked the Word of God in order to make our father and mother fall. Did God really say? And it is not just you students who hear ridiculous things like the theory of evolution. You should always have a sarcastic grin on your face in class. Just look at the person like... Sure, when he's teaching you evolution. The only way to defeat the devil is through the word of God. And that's why the devil said, did God really say? And we know from the scriptures that the devil is at work in the sons of disobedience. He works in them. What are they disobeying? The Word of God. The only way to defeat the devil is with the Word of God. And we know also that we are all by nature children of wrath. And that by nature we are without hope and without God in the world precisely because the devil said, did God really say? And we know that God said, let there be light, and there was light. And that the Son of God is the eternal word of the Father, through whom all things were made. And so there is nothing that you see on this earth, nothing that you feel, nothing that you live in on this earth that was not created through the word of God. 
And the devil wants to destroy everything that God makes. The only way to defeat him is with the word of God. Now I'm going to give you some context. On Wednesday morning, we have a spoken divine service at 8.05. It's wonderful. And I preached on Jesus at Nazareth. He goes back to his hometown, you remember. And he reads from the prophet Isaiah. And he takes the place of a rabbi in his hometown. And he reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Beautiful words. Who did, or whom, you just get rid of whom. Can we just all agree to get rid of whom? Whom did God appoint to do this, to preach the gospel? Well, Jesus says, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In your hearing. And they said, wow, who is this? And then they said, is this not Joseph's son? They said, this is just Joseph's son, who is dead. Therefore, he can't be a prophet. So Jesus says, you will surely say this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have heard you that, that you have done in Capernaum, do here in our country. Let, let me see. And then he said, Amen, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. Because they rejected him. They didn't listen to the word, and instead they looked, and they said, this is just Jesus. Yeah, he was a nice boy, but who does, who does he think he is? And Jesus says, I tell you truly, many widows were in the days of Elijah when heaven was shut up for three years and six months and there was a great famine through all the land and none of them was Elijah sent to except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the times of Elisha the prophet. And none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. And so he rebukes him. He says, watch out, because you're rejecting the word. That's the whole point. And what did they do in reaction to this? They got up and they dragged him to the edge of the cliff on which the town was built, and they were going to throw him off, and he escaped through the midst of them. They were going to kill him. His own people. He came unto his own, and his own did not know. Now, you might think, this is Jesus. He is God. When people were very wicked in the days of Noah, God sent a flood. When people did unspeakable things in Sodom, God sent fire down from heaven. When Jehoshaphat raised his hand against the prophet, his hand withered. When when, when Ahaz sent men to Elisha, God sent fire down from heaven and killed them. Now Jesus, who is more innocent than all of these people, should go and execute vengeance on them for not listening to the word of God, for rejecting him. 
But how does Jesus exercise vengeance? He goes to Capernaum, Capernaum and taught the Word of God. He kept teaching the Word of God. That's what he did. He always goes back to the Word of God. He doesn't avenge himself. He leaves it to God. He obeys the law in our stead. He doesn't go to Capernaum and say, did you hear how my hometown people treated me? How many of us have been in situations where a family or friends or somebody mistreated us and then we go and we complain about it? The first thing we need to get off our mind. But our Savior did not do that because He knows how to drive the devil away. He knows how to cover sin. He knows how to get rid of powers that the devil uses to control people. Now, while He was in Capernaum, in the synagogue, in the church, there was a man who had an unclean spirit of a demon. He was in the church. This should remind us, by the way, if you ever find the perfect, the perfect church, don't join it. You'll ruin it. Okay? There are always going to be hypocrites mingled in with the church. It'll always happen. Don't you go leave the pre pure preaching of the gospel and the right administration of the sacraments because the people are too mean or... The, oh, they're hypocrites. You're just excusing your own sin. There was a, there was a demon-possessed man with an unclean spirit in this church, in this synagogue, where the Word of God is. Now, the devil is at work in the sons of disobedience. He incites one to lust, another to greed, one to drunkenness and gluttony, another to vainglory and pride. And so he is at work in the sons of disobedience. But properly speaking, a demoniac or a demon-possessed person is someone whom the devil controls. He controls his body. He controls his tongue and his mouth. You see? And he is unclean. Now why is he unclean? He's unclean because he can't abide the word of God. He had to speak. He couldn't stand it. Jesus is there speaking the truth. He's saying things like, it's not just the outward act. You have heard that it was said, you shall not murder, but I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother is liable of judgment. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. I say, whoever looks after a woman with lust in her heart, in his heart, has committed adultery with her. He goes to the heart of the matter. He is exposing the sins that the devil clouds because the devil doesn't want you to listen to the Word of God. He doesn't want you to say, you will surely die. He wants you to believe you will not surely die. But God didn't really say. And so when the truth comes, the devil goes after it. I've seen it. They go after the truth. You start confessing the truth, people get mad at you. And so the devil cries out. And it's translated, leave us alone or let us alone. But it's just in the Greek, eia. And really it's just like, Tah! 
Argh! A frustrated cry. It was, she threw it out of his mouth like, ah, you couldn't handle it anymore. Because the word of God drives the devil away. And it annoys him. And he says, what have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? And in Matthew it says, before the time. They know, they know that the time is coming. And they say, why are you here with this word that vexes us and opposes us? And then he says, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now, why didn't Jesus say, well, thank you. Yes, I am. I am the Holy One of God. I am the one pro prophesied by the prophet Isaiah, who constantly talked about the Holy One of Israel and the Holy One of God, that he would bring to light all that God had said, that he would open the eyes of the blind, that he would save the sinners and say to those who are in prison, come out and preach the gospel to the poor, but he doesn't say that. He doesn't argue with the devil. Just says in his temptation, the only way he deals with the devil is just by quoting the scripture to him. He only uses the word of God. And he says, be quiet and come out of him. And literally in the Greek, this is be muzzled. Be muzzled and get out of him. And the demon threw, had to throw him in their midst, and he wasn't hurt, and he left him. Jesus' word casts out the devil. There was no one in the synagogue who could cast out that devil. Only Jesus could. And he did so with his word. Now we have an extreme example of the devil totally controlling someone's life. You have this in many places, especially where there's animism, the worship of your ancestors, because demons can then deceive people and tell them, hey, I'm your ancestor. Talk to Lutherans in Madagascar. They deal with it all the time. People who don't believe in demon possession are, they're just, it's like people who don't believe in the devil. They'd rather believe in cute little angels than the fact that there actually is real evil in the world. But we do have the devil prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. We have the devil in our lives asking us, did God really say? We have the devil in our lives tempting us when some fruit is there that we want, that God says we can't have, saying you will not surely die. We have the devil in our lives with false promises that when we do what we want, when we fulfill our own will, we will be like God because we know good and evil. We have the devil in our families because we have by nature a flesh that obeys him. It doesn't listen to the word of God. But you who were far off, who were without hope and without God in the world, who are in darkness and following the desires of the flesh and of the mind. You have been brought near by the blood of Christ that God's word sprinkled on you in your baptism. You have come to hear the word of God that tells the devil to shut up. That says silence. You have come with your burdens, with your sins, with all of the times that you have obeyed the devil, you have come with your bondage, 
and your sorrows and your sadness, you have come to Jesus to hear him say to that accuser of your conscience, shut up. You have nothing to say to my child. What a word this is. For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits and they come out. And he still does. Whatever uncleanness you have, be it pride or lust or greed or envy, whatever sins in your past life that rise up and the devil tries to accuse you. You know what devil means. It means accuser. And he tries to say that is what owns you. You're unclean. You say to that devil and you say to that voice in your conscience, no. All those sins belong to Jesus. He came to take them away from me and into his own body, and into his own life, and destroy them. He came to fulfill his word, which he gave right after, you devil deceived my first parents, when he said the seed of the woman will crush your head. And he did, by taking away from the devil his lie, by putting all of the sins to which the devil has tempted every single person in the history of the human race into his body and destroying them. He said he would do it. He did it. So when he speaks and he tells you, I don't see your sin. I don't remember it. It's gone. Then you can approach God and see, see him in the favor that he shines on you beneath this cross. So that even in your tears, and even in your sorrow, and even in your sadness, and even in your regret, you have the word, not only by which all things were made, but the word that tells the devil to shut up, and the word that will speak to you on the last day as it spoke to Lazarus and say, come out, come out and do not be silent. Come out and sing this word. Sing this word that entered your heart, that was planted into it, that gave you faith, that sustained you on the way. The only thing that defeats the devil is the Word of God. Not politics. Not money. Not power. Not retreating into your man cave or woman cave. Is there a woman cave? I don't know. Or going off grid. No. In your life. When you study, when you lie down next to your wife, when you put your kids to bed, when you lie down alone, when you rise up, when you walk, when you work, when you're sick, when you're happy, when you're sad, in every time of your life, it is the Word of God that gives you faith, that drives the devil away, that saves you from your disobedience, that covers you with Christ's obedience, that points you as a light 
as you just sang, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, and it shows you that you have hope in front of you that endures to eternal life. That no one can take from you. It is, as Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, and they know me. They know me. My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. As long as you have the word of God, my children, as long as you have the word of God, brothers and sisters, then you have freedom from the devil. You have Jesus. You have eternal life. Amen.